0: Kind of getting started there. We'll see where we go. Psalm 103. Psalm 103 is very important because it, <clears throat> it teaches us some things about the kingdom, how the kingdom operates. And concerning the faith and uh, you, uh, you know, taking your faith and using it to receive from heaven, you have to know beyond a shadow of a doubt what is yours. Psalm 103, verse 1, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Verse 2, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Now, why do you think David, who, who wrote this psalm, put that in there? Because a lot of times, people, we forget his benefits. Because, you see, in the midst of a battle, the enemy will try to get you to forget what's yours and not rely on what's yours. He'll try to get you. The enemy will try to get you over into the areas of flesh and fight that battle with the flesh, and then he knows he can beat you. So that, you know that's one of the reasons why David said this. He said, "Bless the Lord and oh my soul, forget not all of His benefits." Look here, verse three: Who forgives all of your iniquities? All of them. That's not, not most of them. There, there is no sin that you can do. That God won't forgive you. There's not. You say, "Well, what about the New Testament where it says the the blasphemy of of the Holy Spirit?" Well, that that's just a simple one where you reject what the Holy Spirit is offering to you. Of course, you know when if you've if the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, if you refuse to receive, all right, you you know you're not going to heaven. Because he's offering, what he's offering you, he's offering you salvation. All right, so forget not all of his benefit, who forgives all of your iniquity, all your sins. See, the devil is real good about getting people in a position thinking that what they did, all right, is going to cause God to turn his back on you or make you feel that you're not good enough. See, that's all tied to the old man, because when you got got born again, the Bible says, behold, all things are new. The old man's dead. Quit trying to resurrect the old man and dress him or her up and make him or her look good enough for you to stand before God because you can't do it. What that that kind of thinking will do is cause Christians... Once they were in hearing the word of God to leave the church and not come back because that feeling that they think they're not good enough because of what they did. What'd you do? You forgot all of his benefits or some of them you forgot. He forgives all of your iniquities. The answer is be quick to repent. Be real quick to repent. All right? Don't drag this thing. Don't drag repentance out. And that's what, that's getting in the flesh. You try to rationalize things in your head and think, "Well, you know, I got to do this and I got to do that, and I, you know, I'm I'm really bad." Be, just be quick, repent, say, "Father, I blew it, I missed it." Now get back, get back into the places you're supposed to be. Get back to doing what you're supposed to be doing. Don't, like I said, don't try to dress that old man up. He's dead. He's dead. You you don't want, see, because that kind of thinking, I've said this before, that kind of thinking will get you to try to start thinking, what's happening in your life is what you deserve. You don't want what you deserve. You want what heaven's offering you. That's what you really want. You want what's being offered. It says, he uh, forgives all your iniquities and heals all of your diseases. All of them, Amen. all of them. Amen. So what happens is people, because they 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 forget his benefits. They try they they start to justify things and they start to focus on everything that's bad or, or even some bad things that's going on in their life. What have you done? You forgot his benefits. If you got sickness in your body, hold on! Don't forget this benefit. He it says he heals all. All my sicknesses. Well, Pastor doesn't sometimes the way he heals you, he just takes you to heaven. No, no, it doesn't say that. It does not say that. There is no sickness in heaven, so you are not going to need healing there. You need healing here to live in the, in, in this earth. Because once your body, once your body gets sick and it gets to that point where it, it it dies, your your spirit's coming out of that body. So, see, you need healing here, not in heaven, because there is no sickness there. And then he says here, verse 4, who who redeems your life from destruction. All right? So no matter how bad your life looks, what what does it say? The word says, don't forget, he redeems my life from destruction. So things may look bad, but hold on, it's not going to go that way. So why are you going down that path? Why are you fretting? Why are you worrying about something that the word of God says, he redeems my life from destruction? You're walking in the flesh. You're walking in the flesh. And what happens when we walk in the flesh? Romans says, if you walk in the flesh, you'll experience death. But those that walk, walk in the spirit experience life everlasting. So you have to get out of uh, the flesh and over into the spirit. And you can... you. <laughs> You have to consider what heaven's offering. You cannot consider what the enemy is offering you. Because if you're going to consider what the enemy is offering you, that's what your attention is going to be on. And the Bible talks about, and we'll get into that in just a minute here, consider not. Abraham considered not his body old, his wife old. That's what it says in Romans, and we'll get there in a minute. It says he considered not. He didn't look at those things. You and I are the same way. We, We cannot look at those things. We have to look at the things of the Spirit because the enemy is constantly trying to get you and me to take our minds off of the spiritual thing that God's trying to present to you and onto the flesh. All right, let's go on here. He satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. How does he satisfy your mouth with good things? He gives you his word. He gives you his word to speak out of your mouth so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Now, a lot of people, and myself included, I always used to wonder, what does that mean that our youth is renewed like an eagle? Well, I kind of did some research And I found out that in an eagle's life, when an eagle eagle has a life expectancy of I think like 100, 150 years, something. It's a real long time. But somewhere around the age of 45, an eagle has to go through a process. The eagle, in that process, one of the things he does is uh, he picks all of his feathers out. Then he breaks all of his talons. And then the last thing he does is he breaks his beak off so that they're all regrown. And if the eagle will go through that experience, which is a very painful experience in the flesh, his his life will be renewed, and he'll be like he was or she was when they were first hatched. And that's what the word is here is saying. That's what it's really saying here. He satisfies your mouth with good things so that your, your youth is renewed like the eagle. That eagle, that way, it will live to be a hundred plus years old. If it doesn't go through that process, it starts the process of dying. And it will die sooner than, than, rather than later. So that's what the word is saying. He satisfies your mouth with good things. If you don't go through that process of taking the Word of God and speaking the Word of God in your situation, not what's going on, not how bad it looks, not how, how people are treating you, you can't focus on how people are treating you. You've got to say what the Word of God says. And yeah, that's going to take you digging into the Scripture and finding some things and making notes. Because you know what? I found out that things keep repeating themselves. You may go through a test or a trial by the enemy, but chances are you're going to repeat that process throughout your life. But see, the one thing is once you've gone through it once and you've overcome it, now the next time around you should be better prepared because you've taken that word, you've had success, and you understand how to operate in that area. But what will happen is if you don't know how to operate in that area, that test or trial will was designed to destroy you, but a lot of times what it does, it it wears you out or wears you down to eventually you are so weak you can't come back. Let's look on here. Let's go on here. It says here in verse 10, he has not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. Now that's good to know. God is not going to deal with you according to your sins, because you did a, See, now that's man. Well, son, because you went out in here and killed 12 people, God is really going to punish you bad. See, now, <laughs> a fleshly-minded person has a hard time receiving that. You mean to tell me, Pastor, that somebody went out and killed 12 people, that they turned to God, he'll forgive them, and they'll go to heaven? Yeah, exactly. I'm not saying The Bible says that. Oh, I don't believe that. Well, that's, that, that's you. I'm telling you what the Word of God says. He does not deal with us after our sins. He doesn't. That's, fle- that's all flesh, and that's going to get you in trouble. Because if you're going to walk after the flesh, it's going to bring death. All right? All right? Nor reward us according to our iniquities. Then verse 12. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As far as the east is from the west, that's pretty far. How far, can, you know, can, if you went east, how far would you go till you come to the end of the east? You just keep going, don't you? You just keep going and going and going. Am I ever going to come to the end of the east? No. Well, that's how far God said he removed your sins as far as the east is from the west. Wow, that's a long way. They're, they're pretty much gone. And that's what he's trying to say here. They're gone. They're gone. Now, let's go to Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. Oh, now, no, go to Luke. Luke chapter 11, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go over this because we're talking about how things operate, how heaven operates. I'm going to show you this example here. Jesus is speaking, and um, in Luke 11, Jesus is is teaching the people about a spiritual, uh, about deliverance. and uh he says and let's pick it up here in verse 24 when the unclean spirit is gone out of a man he walks through dry places seeking rest and finding none now the the the, the dry places are um, you know they're not moist So he's looking for a moist place or another human that's wet, you know, because we're made up of, what, 98% water. Seeking rest and finding none, and he says, I will return unto my house when I came. Now, something about demons right there, they don't have a house. But Jesus says the demon is saying, I will return unto my house. Well, see, he's lying to himself because that's not his house. A person that has a demon, that's not his house. That's God's house. He can't return there. An unsaved person that is not, that that really isn't his house. He can't. He has no right to stay there because they were created in God's image. Now they may not be born again, but see legally he does. The devil's already. What's he doing? The devil's already lying. He says I'm going to return to my house. It's not your house. He says. I will return to my house when I can, verse 25. And when it comes, he finds it swept and garnished. All right, everything's cleaned up. All the trash is, 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 is taken out. And he finds it dressed up, you know, maybe a new paint job on the inside of the house. Then he says, then, verse 26, goeth he and he taketh to him seven other spirits, more wicked than himself. And they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of that, per, that man is work is worse than the first. So the demon, what he does is he comes back. He finds the house swept and, 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 and furnished. Or I should say, swept and, and, and cleaned up. What he doesn't find, it's, it's not filled. So then he goes and gets seven other demons. And the case of that person is worse then than what it was before. Huh? Don't backslide. Well, don't backslide. But this is also this is also talking about just anybody, mm-hmm. uh, saved or unsaved person. So see, that's why you know the the deliverances that I've been in. I you know I always tell the people loud, listen, we can cast that devil out of you, but you're going to need to make a commitment to stay close to the Lord and get into His Word and progress because. Otherwise, this devil is going to come back, and it's going to be worse than what it was before. If you're willing to make that commitment and turn to God, you know, we'll get you on the other side of this. But that's up to you. You've got to make a decision here. All right, Because this is what Jesus is talking about. He's saying, okay, so that person is worse than the other. Verse 27, And it came to pass, as he spake these things, a certain woman of the company lifted up her voice and said unto him, Blessed is is the wound that bear you and the paps which you have, have sucked. Okay. He's talking about something spiritual, deep, spiritually deep. And what does this woman do? She chimes in and she starts talking about blessed is your mother that milk that, she's got she's really got to be proud of you, boy. You know some things, you're helping some people. And now, notice Jesus' response. He didn't rebuke her. He says in verse 28, but he said, Yea, rather blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. Because why did he say that? He was teaching a deep spiritual meaning here about keeping the devil out of your house. And what does this woman do? She steps over into the flesh. Her focus is on the flesh. It's not on the things of the spirit. And that's why Jesus responds to her, and he says, Yes, rather, blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. See, a lot of times we are so easily distracted into the flesh realm and we miss what God's trying to do in our lives and trying to show us in our lives to help us to get to the other side or get out of the situation that we're in, we consider what the enemy is trying to present to us rather than what God's showing us. And we focus on that. When it comes to things like healing, um, finances, prosperity, peace, people have a tendency, flesh, fleshly people have a tendency to focus on things in the natural, and that is going to get you in trouble. Now let's go to Romans chapter 4. Romans 4. Romans 4, verse 17. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. This is God speaking to Abraham. I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God, who quickens the dead and calls those things that be not as though they were. God calls those things that be not as though they were. He quickens the dead. In other words, it says he makes them alive. He makes them alive. And he calls those things that be not as though they were. And we're to be, I believe in Philippians, it says, to be imitators of God, his dear children. Imitate God. If we're going to imitate him, then we have to call those things that be not as though they were and we have to quicken the dead. Right? So, in the beginning, God looked out into the, into, the, into the spasm of space and said, my land, it's dark out here. No, that's not what he said. He didn't say that. He said, let there be light. And light was. What was he doing? He was calling for those things that be not as though they were. Now, if you live in the city, and you have a dog, and you let your dog outside, and you go in and do whatever you're doing, maybe do the dishes or something, and you're you know, 5, 10, 15 minutes later, you come back outside, you come back out to the back door, and you open the door up, and you don't see your dog, right? What do you do? You call the dog. Here's spot... Spot, now do you think that's silly? You're calling those things that be not be not as though they were. Why? Because you want Spot to come near. But for some reason, see the devil gets people thinking in the flesh. Well, that that's silly to call for healing when you're not healed. Well, we're not calling for what we what we have. We don't want more sickness. We want healing. You're going to have to call those things that be not as though they were in order for them to come here. Just like you have to do for your dog. Because if you stand at the door and say, Well, Spot's not here, oh, I guess he's not coming back. Boom. You walk away. And <laughs> what happens to Spot? He's outside. Well, you know a, a, you know, a few hours out there may not hurt him, but a few days or weeks and he doesn't have no food or water. You're going to find spot, but he's going to be all dried up. Well, see, that's what, that's what he's talking about here. The Father calls those things that be not as though, the, as though they were. You will have to do that. <clears throat> Look here. He quickens the dead, causes things to be not as other well were. Verse eighteen: Who against hope believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken. So shall thy seed be. And then let's go on here, verse nineteen: And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead, when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. Notice what it says there he considered not his own body why because if he's going to focus on his own body his body's dead if he would go around saying well father I'm just too old to have children my wife's too old she's way past bearing age children How, how am I going to be a father of many nations if he'd have done that he wouldn't have been but what did he do Who it says back in verse uh, eighteen? Who against hope believed in hope? He believed in it. He believed in what? What? What was spoken that he might become the father of many nations? According to that which was spoken by who? By the Father. See, that's why. What you have to do is you have to hear from the Father. Now you can hear from the Father in the house of God. There's some things I've said before. There's some things that Father's only going to say to you in his house. He is not going to say to you at your home. Even though you may spend hours and hours in praise and worship and listening to him, there's some things he's only going to say to you in the house of God. Why? Because he's commanded us not to forsake the assembling together as some have. But when you're going through a situation in your life whatever it is whether it's financial health, peace or whatever, whatever is going on in your life you have to hear from the father you have to get a word from him you know there's, there's kind of a, a, a process that you, you you go through you listen to what the father says and once the father says something to you now <clears throat> now you've got something to fight with. Now he can he can he can say something to you by showing you in the word. There can be, as you're reading the Bible, as you're going through some scriptures, there may be one or two scriptures that jump off that page to you and just really kind of just excite you. That he's talking to you. You take that word, all right, according to that which was spoken, and you believe. And it says on the, on the, uh, in verse uh, 19, he considered not his own body. He considered not. Considering not is the title of the message, but considering not is, is a situation that you have, to, you have to partake of. You cannot consider what's going on in your life in the natural realm. You can't focus on that. If you if you can and how you consider what's going on in your life that's what you talk about that's what you're talking about all the time if it's sickness you're always talking about your sickness well I just don't I just don't know what I'm going to do well don't worry the sickness will take care of it well I just don't know how God's going to heal me don't worry he won't See, you're focusing. Faith does not focus on time or how it happens. It doesn't. That's not faith. When you're focusing on when God's going to do it, because see, that's his part. Our part is to believe. Our part is to believe. Didn't Jesus say, he said, if you will believe, you'll see the glory of God. And Jesus ministered, he said, according to your faith, be it unto you. Your faith. And it doesn't have to be great faith. It just has to be faith. You're you're trusting in him. You know, Paul talked about, let us not get away from the simplicity of the gospel. The good news is easy. Abram believed God. It says that it was accounted unto him for righteous." because he believed what God spoke to him was going to come to pass. He didn't look at his body and say, you know, I'm over 90 years old. Because when this happened, Abram was 90 years old. Why do you think God waited till he was 90 years old to tell him, look, I'm going to make you the father of many nations? Because that way... The only way it's possible for it to happen is God has to do it because he can't, the flesh can't do it. It can't. That's why God had to wait for Abram to get of that age, and then he spoke it to him and said, I'm, going, I'm making you the father of many nations. I'm changing your name from Abram to Abraham, which Abram was a father, but Abraham was a father of many nations. So every time Abraham heard his name called by his wife, by God, he heard, the father of many nations. What was he considering? He was considering what the Lord said to him. He was focusing on that word that heaven was speaking to him. And you know what? I did some some research in the New Testament, just a quick search and The words was spoken was used 16 times in the New Testament. 16 times you read that word, that phrase, was spoken. So what do you need to focus on? You need to focus on what the Father spoke to you. What did the Father say to you concerning your situation? That's what you focus on. You don't focus on... What the doctor says, you don't focus on what the bank says. You focus on what the father said to you, either in a, in a personal relationship or what he said to you in his word. What did the father? Now that's what you and that's what you're considering. If you if you'll focus on that, the manifestation will come. But if you're going to consider, if you're going to consider what the the doctors say, and you're going to consider what the father says. See, you're a double-minded person. And James, Jesus' brother, said, a double-minded person will receive nothing from God. Why? Because he's wavering, or she's wavering. You know, I'm reminded of the story, and really it affected me too, because this is where I learned this. I'm going to have to take this off. I'm getting hot. (laughs) Dr. Dufresne, years ago, and this is the importance of being around um, men and women of God. Dr. Dufresne was in a meeting with Brother Hagen. So, you know, what Brother Hagen went in early 2000, something like that, 2003, something, somewhere right around there, 2005. It was before that. And uh, it was after the meeting was over, and I think it was in his church, out in California, that him and Brother Hagin and Nancy, Pastor Nancy, were sitting in the room in the back and they were just praying after the service. They were praying in his spirit. And Brother Hagin reached over to uh, to doctor Dufresne and just patted him on the on the leg and said, Just laugh your way through it. Just laugh your way through it. And uh, he started laughing. Ha, 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 ha. just laugh your way through it. About three or four weeks later, Dr. Dufresne went to the doctor and he was diagnosed with a pretty severe advanced or quickly developing form of cancer. They said it had gotten into all of his lymph nodes. And was real, you know, was real aggressive type. Well, Dr. Dufresne went home. See, I heard him tell me that he him tell this testimony. So when this happened to me, that's the that's the blueprint I used. That was the blueprint I used. Dr. Dufresne went home. And he, he sat in his chair at home and he said, Lord, now, I know you didn't do this to me. Sound familiar? Well, That's because I copied it from him. See, you don't have to be brilliant. You just got to be smart enough to listen to what other people are saying. They'll teach you. They'll show you what to say. He said, Father, I, I, I know you, you didn't do this to me. He said, so something somewhere in there, I must have missed it. Where did I miss it? And the Lord told him, he said, first of all, the Lord told Dr. Frank, he said, I've told you to get some rest, and you've been running seven days a week, and you're not taking time off. And I told you it's going to wear out your body. That's why this is on you. He said, secondly, you have not been um, obedient concerning uh, prophetic words. He said, I've given you prophetic words, and you won't say them. And, doctor, and here's what I was say, alluding to earlier. And doctor said to the Lord, I repent. He didn't whine. He didn't cry. He didn't roll on the floor or anything. He said, I repent. The Lord said, fine, in 28 days you go back and it's all be gone. Amen. Just like that. Just like that. He just said, I repent. No arguing. I repent. 28 days, so it's all begun. He goes back in 28 days and the doctor said, somebody up there likes you. He said, we can't find any cancer in your body. So when that happened to me, the first thing the Lord brought up into my spirit was what Do- I heard Dr. DeFran say. So if it worked for him, it worked for me. That's what I did. And what I did was the same thing he did. And God spoke to me, and he said the same thing. He said, he said some things, too. And I said, I repent. He said, in 30 days, this will all be gone. And in 30 I went through the operation, but they come back, they could find no cancer. And what did I focus on? I focused on what he said to me. I did not focus on, because I'm telling you, when I went to the doctors, the nurses in there, they just kind of withdrew from me. It was like they, they felt like I had something that was contagious. I mean, my gosh, your, your medical field, you know that um, uh, cancer's not contagious like that, But that, they all just kind of because the reason why is they knew what that type of cancer did to people. people didn't live. They died. And they don't like being close to people and see people die. I don't care how long you're in the medical field, you never get used to seeing people die. And they've learned to recognize death. But see, they haven't learned to recognize faith that overcomes death because it's in the Word. You know, God said, he said in, in Psalm 23, He prepares a table for us in the presence of your enemies. One of those enemies is lack, sickness, fear, whatever. He's prepared a table for you. What's the table? It's the Word of God. It's the Word of God you feed on. You take that Word, you speak it out of your mouth. And the enemy He's prepared a table for you in the presence of your enemies, so that as you answer, because see, when something happens in your life, you better have an answer for it, and it better be a godly answer. If I'd have sat, if I'd sat there and said, you know, well, they said that this uh, uh, malignant melanoma. Mar- uh, Uh, is pretty bad stuff, and I go and do the research and says, yeah, 99% of people die from it. It's the worst kind of, and matter of fact, that's what they told me, the first words out of the nurse's mouth, this is the worst kind of cancer you could get. I'm like, well, I'm sorry, I checked the wrong box. I should have checked the other box. I didn't ask for it. But see, at the same time, that's not what I focused on. You've got to focus on the answer, which is the word of God. You you can't consider what the enemy is trying to put before you. And Abraham considered not his body old. He considered not the deadness of his wife's womb. He focused on what the father said, what was spoken to him. I have made you. He didn't say, I'm going to make you. He said, I have made you the father of many nations. And says, he believed God. And it was counted unto him for righteousness. Let's go on here, read here. It says, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Look, he staggered. How do you stagger? You stagger by by taking your focus off the word of God and start focusing on natural things. Well, you know, that's what they say about this. You know, that's what they say about these banks. You know that the interest rates are so much that I can't get the law. I, you know I can't get my. Fi- I don't have finances. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, you're going to go down because that's what you're focused on. Because you focused on what you don't have. Did you not read in the Bible that all the silver and gold's his? All the silver and gold's his. The Bible says he owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He owns the cattle on... A th- that's a bunch of cattle on Thousand Hills. Well, remember uh, Ron Daly, who was... Uh, he, he's been here, not here at this church, but in the old one. He was Rob Parsley's first praise and worship leader. We had him. And Ron Daly was talking about... He was driving home in his motor home one night and lives down in, in, around Atlanta. And he said he drove off into, uh, like, one of those all-night pancake places. I can't remember. Waffle House or something like that. He said he walked in there and he was sitting down at the table and he was eating. And he heard the guy behind him. He said, apparently they were this guy was talking to this other guy about God and his word. And uh, he overheard this guy say to this other guy, he said, do you know that God owns a thousand cattle on a hill? And he said, I was going to interrupt the guy and correct him. When the other guy goes, he owns that much? See, you can mess up the gospel, it'll still work. <laughs> the guy was impressed because he thought the word said he owned a thousand cattle on, on one hill. And here's Ron thinking, no, 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 it's not that. He owns a thousand hills with cattle. <laughs> That's a whole lot more. Well, the guy was impressed with a thousand cattle on one hill. That's all he needed. Sometimes, see, we try to get into it fix. Just keep the simplicity of the gospel. The simple message of the gospel is don't consider what you see. You don't call things what you see. You call those things that you see not as though they were. So if it's healing, if it's finances, if it's peace, Father, I thank you, Lord, that you you are the Prince of Peace. I have the mind of Christ. You did not give me a spirit of fear but of power, of love, and a sound mind. And that's what I'm going to focus on. When that fear tries to get back on me, no, 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 no. I'm not going to talk about the fear of trying to get on. I'm not going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about what the word says I have. What the the word says is is, is mine. That's what I'm going to focus on. I'm not going to consider what the enemy's trying. I'm not going to consider that. I am not going to consider what the enemy is trying to present to me because if I do, that's going to get me in trouble. I'm going to miss it. Glory to God. It's just like Naaman in the Old Testament. Naaman's this king of a foreign of a foreign power and he has leprosy. And Naaman he has this Jewish maid working for him. And the Jewish maid says to Naaman, she says, you know, if you lived where the man of God was, he could heal you of this sickness. He would heal you. And, you know, this leprosy is apparently going on in his life, and he's really getting troubled by it. And I, the Bible doesn't say how many times she said that to him. Maybe she said it once, twice, we don't know. Maybe she had to say it several times, but eventually he got to the point where he said, okay, let's go see this man of God. So they, they load up him and his, his, his servant, and they, they take off to Israel to find the prophet of God. And, you know, he's a king. He's a warrior. So he gets there. Naaman gets there to um, the man of God's place. Now, he's, he's expecting, as a king, a kingly welcome, right? He's expecting a kingly welcome, and here's what he gets. He comes up to the house, and it says the servant of the man of God comes outside. The servant. And he says to him, go wash yourself in the Jordan River seven times. And the seventh time the Lord will heal you. And he turns around and goes back inside. And the king gets mad. He said, I came all this way to see this man of God. And he sends out his servant. Who he's a servant. He's dressed like a he's in servant clothes. He's not eating. He's not eating food with the with the man of God. He's serving him, so he may he may be have his hands all messy because he's he's in cleaning or he's fixing dinner or something. And you know he comes out with a towel wiping his hands because he's got he's got this evening's uh, dinner part of it on his hands because he's in the process of cooking it. And he walks outside and he says. Go dip yourself in the river the Jordan River seven times. And he turns around and walks back in. Well, the, well Naaman gets upset. And he says, Let's let you know he starts with, let's let's leave. Well his servant says, Hold it, hold it now. If he would have come out here and told you that, you would have listened. And if you go back, you're still going to have leprosy. What's it going to hurt you? And here's what the king says. Why couldn't he tell me to go back to one of my rivers and dip there seven? Our rivers are a lot cleaner than the Jordan River. What's he doing? He's focusing on the natural. And his servant says, what's it going to hurt you, king? Down and do what the the man of God said through the servant. You come all this distance. Just because it wasn't presented to you in a way that appealed to you, and it's a very simple way, go down to the Jordan River. So what does he do? He turns around, they go down to the Jordan River. Naaman climbs down off his horse and gets into the river. And probably thinking all kinds of weird stuff, thinking, I... I don't see why I gotta do this, why I couldn't be back home. I I don't even know I don't even know what's around here. Maybe the enemy's getting ready to attack me. Goes down one time, nothing. Two times nothing. Three times nothing. Four times nothing. Five times nothing. Six times nothing. The seventh time he goes down, he comes up and the leprosy is completely gone. But see, He almost lost it because he considered how it was being presented to him. He thought the prophet of God should have come down with a lot of fanfare and welcomed this king from another nation. Thank you for coming to see me. And it wasn't so. But he listened to what was said, what was spoken. He wound up doing what was spoken, and he received, didn't he? He received his miracle. See, a lot of times, people are not holding on to their faith, they're losing, they lose it. And that's what Paul talked about, in, in, I believe it's in Timothy. He says, holding on to your faith. And there's three things you have to do to hold on to your faith. First of all, you've got to speak it, you've got to say it you've got to say it. The second thing you have to do, you've got to think on it. Everything you think on, you've got to think on the Word of God, what the Word of God says about that situation. When I I went through that ordeal with cancer, from that time, from the time I found out, I just meditated on the Word of God. That's, That's what I read, that's what I spoke, I just kept speaking certain scriptures out daily. And you know, once I had him down, I didn't even look at the Bible. I just I just had him memorized. And I'd speak and so I say, Lord, I believe your word. I believe your word. I believe your word. I believe your word. I believe what you said. 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 I wasn't sitting around watching TV eating dogs and cupcakes and drinking Pepsi and Coke. I wasn't doing that. I mean, I might have something to drink, but you know, I, I was more focused on what the word said, what the Lord said, and that's what I was focused on. Because He said He told me thirty days, it'd be gone, it was gone. I wasn't surprised when they came in and said, "Well, we can't find any more, any, any cancer in your," life. well, praise God, I knew that. When they came in and they said, "Well, you're not going to need any aftercare. You, you're not. Gonna, we're not going to hit you with radiation or anything." I know that. It's gone. It was already settled because I considered not what the enemy was trying to present. And yes, the enemy used the doctors to present things to me. I didn't take that in consideration. I took what the Lord said to me and that's what I meditated on. That's what I meditated on. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. So many times we miss it because of what the Lord said or what we don't pay You know, there was a time I heard in one of Brother Hagan's meetings. No, it was Dr. Dufresne. In one of his meetings, he had a woman in there and she was leaving for a house to get this home, but she had a lot of financial problems. I don't, we don't know what the, the issue was with her finances and all that, but there was a lot of problems in, in getting, buying this home. <clears throat> and during the meeting, to worship, somebody. took off running around the sanctuary. She ran, you know, a couple of times. I don't know how many times she ran. She ran around. And she come back to her seat. And she had a seat. And the Lord said, you just ran into your new home. Mm-hmm. And that week, the finances busted through and everything came in. You need to listen to what was spoken. What the Father speaks, what the Father says, that's what you focus on. If you focus on things on the flesh, well, people been mean to me, people have done this to me, people have done that to me. Well, that's what you're going to have. It's just going to get worse. And the devil the devil will work on you till he gets you out of the house of God, out of the, out of hearing the word of God, and all out there by yourself. And then that's where he has you. One last story. I'm closing. I heard this years ago. I haven't used it. You've never heard this because I know I haven't said it in a long time. But I heard the story. I don't know who it was by, but somebody had seen it into the realm of the spirit. And uh, the story goes that there was this man, and he was troubled, and uh, these demons kept coming up to him, trying to curse him and say things to him and speak things to him to get him to to basically. Take his life. And Satan comes up and stumbles upon this situation and sees these demons trying to do this to this man. And Satan says to the demons, What are you what are you doing? He said, Well, we're trying to curse this man to get him to kill himself. He said, You don't know what you're doing. And then Satan walked up to the man and he leaned over into his ear and he whispered, You're all alone. And he walked away. And a short time later, the man killed himself. And that's how Satan works today. If he can get you think, you're in your situation all by yourself and nobody cares, and you don't have any hope, the only reason why you think you have no hope is because you don't have the Word. You walked away from the Word. You walked away from the Word. And that's where that road takes people. When people leave the church, Leave the, 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 the teachings of God, they're walking down that road they don't even know in the beginning. The further the further down you get you eventually get to a place where you can't turn back because you, you don't know how, you don't know what to do. and that's right where the enemy wants you. And that's why a lot of Christians you, today, there's no difference in the suicide rate in Christians versus the world because many Christians, have been walked down that path by Satan to thinking they're all alone. But you're not. The answer is the word. He prepares a table for you in the presence of your enemies. And you eat from it. You just take that word and you speak it out. You speak it out. You eat from that table all day long. All day long you're eating from that table. All day long. Amen? Did you get something? Yes. Praise God. Let's stand up. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, praise God, praise God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.